This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With the astronomical rise of video platforms like TikTok and many other platforms making a clear shift to focusing more on video, uh, we've seen along with that a big rise in companies and business owners becoming video content creators. My name is Michael Cardoso and I'm the digital content producer here at Envision. So I do all the video and photo and multimedia content for our social channels. And I'm joined today by seasoned business owner and captain of the ship here, uh, George. Thank you uh, for joining me, uh, as well as Sylvia, our always on top of things and very talented director of digital marketing. Thank you both for being here today. I appreciate you taking the time for this chat. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Awesome. So I wanted to start off by opening it up the conversation on your experience with uh, business, business-oriented content. I think that business-oriented content is generally very driven to captivate audiences to buy products or services, which I find very boring. Like it's very intentionally based on like, here's my product, buy it, here's my service, is why I'm great. And that's all fine and dandy. And I think where I like to play and, you know, through the fortune I have of having both of you in my life is aligning kind of my values and the purpose of why I'm doing what I do, which is really not necessarily talking about the services we have to offer or that the organization has to offer. We're so overwhelmed by just shit in the market right now about buy, 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 as opposed to asking why, 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 why. And that's where I like to just really hone in and align my messaging. So that's kind of my take is it's slightly a different angle on, um, what we have to offer here and why it's great to work with us, not because of our services, but because we give a shit about the people and all that kind of good stuff here. That's awesome. No, I, lo- I love that approach. I- I'm curious as a viewer, um, what kind of content do you get the most value out of when you're just watching other people's stuff? Um, I-, I like, I love I- informative content about um, how people deal with people situations because every one of us is different. Anyone, every one of us comes from a unique set of values, upbringings, um, perspectives. And I love hearing those viewpoints and then aligning those with how I would interpret that message and how then I would disseminate that to the group here. And then ultimately to the client. Um, so I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Everybody comes at it with a unique angle. And I'd like to just interpret that and research it to appreciate how that can impact my uh, my life and my positioning on a certain topic or subject matter. Okay, interesting. Sil, what's been your experience? Uh, what kind of content do you take in? Um, as a content consumer, like I consider myself like a voracious consumer. Like I just I love to consume content in in all forms. Um, I think that when it comes to business or professional content, it's it's so dominated by 
white men, frankly. Like if you're looking at business books, anything traditional, it's just like very geared towards um, a, a very particular like privileged message. So personally, I consider myself to be a victim of girl boss, girl boss uh, content in that like in like five plus years ago, there was a huge amount of like girl boss style content, which is just people who are relatable to you. Like you can see like women of color actually, you know, achieving and accomplishing in like the business world. And I think in, in my own awareness of social issues and stuff, I'm, I'm kind of like past that. I think like I'm, I'm more aware of things that are in the realm of new topics around the world of work. So I love to consume content that is very relevant to how the world has changed to adapt to work and how work is kind of being forced to change and adapt around what people want from it. So I love content right now around like um, great resignation stuff, like working, um, LARPing your job type content, um, things that are about really um, what are what are the new things act acting your wage and 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 stuff so i i really find value around work content that is not just about if you work hard you make it and like the uh, the hustle culture type things but things that are aware of privilege placement and and people who who i can relate to so i find value in like relatability and um kind of get value out of things that are just like very aware of what's going on in the world right now rather than being a little bit out of touch. So I, I'd say content consumption wise, I'm very interested in that type of um, content. And where I consume most of my content is TikTok. I, <laughs> you guys know this. And like I jokingly say I spend 10 hours a day on it, but it's probably eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, it's tons of time. But like I love to consume like business type content, not on LinkedIn, like as a consumer it gives me the ick. Like, I just hate it. It's like so <laughs> repellent to me. And I know you are like a fan of LinkedIn because it's great for business. It is really great. But I like to find my like content in this like realer, more like raw format almost where it's like less edited and kind of like people speaking off the cuff. So that's my consumption and like what I'm more like attracted to. There's definitely been a significant shift in what's offered content wise. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's cool to see the people responding to that. Uh, and the businesses are being forced to react as well. Um, George, I'm curious, since you've been starting to make content, it's been, I think, two-ish years now of you being actually in front of the camera, making points, delivering messages. Um, but I know that still you have been encouraging him for longer than that to put your face in front of the camera, whether video, photography, whatever, but just to not be afraid to put yourself out there. I'm curious what held you back for so long from getting into it? And what was the thing that actually prompted you to, to make it happen? Guess what held me back uh, from doing it was fear. I would say it was probably the, the, the most notable, um, you know, you never know what kind of responses you're going to get. And you see all the pollution that exists in, in social and you're fearful of that same, uh, polluted, toxic kind of feedback coming back to the material you ultimately want to put out. So I would say fear was probably a big thing. Also, there, there is something to be said about um, not knowing who you are, really. Um, and I say that with respect to, you know, truthfully, I, 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 I'm quite confident that I have a lot of introverted tendencies about me. And as much as that seems hard to believe, I still feel something, there's something to be said about, you know, certain things to be kept to yourself. Um, 
there's a shyness to me that a lot of people don't know about. Um, but you know, I had to overcome those barriers because I also knew that if I was going to make a go and at this agency and, and, you know, see it through to success for the betterness of everyone here, I also had things that I wanted to share, whether they be in the world of business or marketing. Um, the only way I felt I can get that out was through video. And so, you know, for the past four or five years, there's been a lot of experimentation, uh, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, and uh, a lot, every one of those moments have been learning experiences. So I got into it with no ulterior motive other than to help myself get out of my introverted, kind of secluded, shy ways and to put myself out there a little bit more and, and see what that felt like. And truthfully, I enjoyed it. Like it was, it was great to get feedback. Uh, it's great when I'm out in the community and people are talking about the videos and how it's helped them get through something, whether it be business or personal. So that, that in and of itself has been gratifying for me. So it started off as a, I'm not sure if this is for me and it ended up becoming like, I think I can get, do this and get better at it. Mm -hmm. When I joined uh, the agency um, just over two years ago now, uh, you were just at the beginning of getting into it. I think the first project I had, or like a little test run of a project, was you had filmed something at home. Um, this was like during like peak pandemic times. And you had sent me a bunch of footage and some assets. And you said, can you like cut this together into a video? And it's been so cool to see over the now two years how you've transformed from that like shy, just trying to figure it out kind of personality to now I think you're starting to really develop your video persona. And I don't say that to say that you're any different in, in real life. Um, but that you just, you come across like you know what you're talking about and with confidence. And I think it, it's been cool to see <laughs> that goodness. develop over time. Uh, <laughs> no, truly it, it takes time though. It's not easy to, for sure, not easy to get over that hurdle. I think like one of the, the hurdles though, too, was when I was saying like all those years ago, we just need you to, I said like, go live. And you were like, no, not live. Like I would never go live. It was like going to be pre-recorded. It was you and like your camera in like whatever room in here in your house and you would record it. But I remember like your discomfort with doing it and like it was coming across on film. Yeah. And I think like for you, that barrier almost was like, I think it needs to be more professionally done. And and at that time and at this time too, I'm like, it, it never needs to be. Like people are not looking at the quality of it. They're looking at like the the value you're giving and like what you're saying. But it it had to get there through means of like professional production at first. Yeah, I think that was par part of it for sure. I think it also is um, a, a byproduct of being surrounded by people who encourage you as opposed to demean you for um, things you may not know or how to conduct yourself in certain scenarios. You, you guys are like, okay, here's things that you should consider or, hey, like, what did you mean by this? So I think that collaborative dialogue has helped really support me in in that encouragement and that, and, and I think that's, what's really needed. It's not a, I, I think it's hard to um, put into words how valuable good people are for you to get over certain humps and barriers in life. And I think when you're 
as fortunate as I am to have folks like you around me, it's it's great, man. I'm like, yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, I said something weird or what the fuck did you mean by that? And it's like, hey, next time, try this. It's like, okay, you know, noted. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the like the fear and the challenges around that have to do with the fact that a lot of um, a lot of content creators, especially in the current generation, grew up from a young age making videos with their friends or stuff that wasn't to be taken seriously. And they made those mistakes before it was important. Having those stakes of being like, now I'm, I'm talking to an audience of people that I'm trying to potentially sell services to in the future or build connections, professional connections with. Um, I think a lot of the fear must come from that. Like you're jumping, you're jumping into the deep end. You're not getting to learn how to swim first. You're just, you've been thrown in. Yeah. And I'll give you like, it's not so much because I've kind of articulated like where I come from and my background and my fears of kind of diving into this. I'll tell you the experiences of the clients I speak to who've seen our videos and they're like, I want to do that. And I want to create videos. And I and I, I give them the same advice as Syl gave me years ago. And it's just like, just get in front of the camera. And if you don't do it, you're never going to experience what that failure is going to feel like. And truth be told, it, it's it doesn't hurt that bad at all. It really just becomes a learning moment if you, if you allow it to become a learning moment. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I take many of our clients who digest our videos and give me feedback and then come to us and say, I want to do that. And all I say is, okay, you've never done it. And this is how I started. I picked up my iPhone or Samsung or whatever pixel device, and I just recorded my first video. And I didn't critique it hard, but had those around me give me feedback. And then I refined it the second time and then the third time and then the hundredth time. And now we're on their 500th time and we're still critiquing and course correcting and refining. And so it's like, you just got to dive in. I think like realistically too, for a lot of business owners, like even with our clients with huge businesses, their own personal following, it might yield them a hundred or 200 views. And that hundred or 200 views is not to some peanut gallery. It's mostly people they know. Right. And there's no reason that people that you know would be condescending towards that, that they would have negative comments. For the most part, they're so encouraging. And from what we've found from all of our our social data, like for Envisions, is that anytime that people see, particularly your face, George, or anyone in the agency, it really resonates with them. They just want to see us as people and hear what we have to say. And the fear that the the whole world is going to see it. Virality is something that is so sought after and so chased that is so unlikely that these these little business videos that we're making are seen by a very large audience, right? Like we are not making these thinking that like millions and millions of people are going to see them. But that audience gets built over time and consistency. And truthfully, who gives a shit? Like if, if millions of people don't see it, who gives a shit? If your video can have a positive impact on one person, just one human being, that makes that recording, that opportunity that you took to do that message, create that message, that much more worthwhile. Like to me, that's all. I don't even look at the numbers anymore because I don't care. Like I've, I've, I, I used to at the beginning because I thought the same thing. I was like, this thing needs 
if if I get 25 views on this thing, God, am I a failure? And it's like, I, fuck that. Like, I don't give a shit. If two people see it, great. If And I've had videos where, you know, thousands of people have seen it. That's awesome too. But if it helps one person and one person only, it, it, that's, that's all that I care about. doesn't matter to me. The numbers make no difference. And truthfully, there's no real formula to growing like substantially. There's things that you can put in place to give yourself the best chances of growing your audience if that's your goal or, or to get lots of views. There's shortcuts to it. There's a whole bunch of things, but there's no like tried and true method to like consistently gain or grow an audience. So to fault yourself for not immediately having that big audience is you're only doing yourself harm. So I, I love that approach of uh, truly just if I can impact one person, then that's a net positive. I, I love that approach. Still, I, I was wondering, uh, obviously we brought up before that you had been pushing for George to get in front of the camera for live videos or just any sort of content outside of the context of this business. What benefits do you see for businesses who are willing to put in that time, effort and, and investment into uh, creating content? The biggest thing in, in content marketing is like content is king, right? And content is such a broad term. It is, it used to be blogs, it, it was copy, it's images, it's whatever. And we see a lot of clients ask us for very specific things. Like clients always come to us very tactically minded. Mm -hmm. So for a long time, it was like video. Can you help us with video? Now, like you hear here and there, like clients saying like, we need TikToks, right? All of it, bottom line is still content marketing. And the approach in which you take content marketing is it's like the main facet of content marketing. You just want to give people value. If you can show that you are giving that target audience, that person that matters to you, that person that is your possible um, client, your possible employee, your possible whatever it is who you're trying to appeal to, if you can give them value, then you are showing them that you are giving generously. There's so many frameworks out there about like, give, give, get, or like punch, punch, right hook, or like, what, what is that one? Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I've never heard yes, of you know punch, punch, about? right hook. I don't know. There's like a lot of like different frameworks around like how much you have to give, or like you have to give like three things before people are going to be like in your funnel and want like, right. and give you something back, which is like be a lead to you, right? It's the benefit is you are making yourself top of mind. You're making yourself the thought leader in your um, particular industry. And when people are thinking of a very specific thing, whatever industry that you're in, you might be seeing all of your competitors and constantly thinking, oh my God, my market is saturated. It is completely saturated. There's so many of us. I can't even believe that it's grown at this rate. I can't even believe there's a million of us on every single block. But the thing is, in any average consumer's mind, anyone that maybe follows you, you're going to be the only digital marketer they know. You're going to be the only person they know that does something very particular because what you do is so specific that that top of mind means they're going to reach out to you first to maybe not even say, I need you to work for me, but say, do you know anyone can, that can help me with X, right? And that value is like something that with content marketing, it doesn't feel like you get leads instantly, but that top of mind, that brand awareness and that value that you build over years and years and years can pan out to amazing things, but it could happen a year or two or three down the line. So it's it's brand building. That's that's frankly what uh, content marketing and and speaking and, and being a founder-centric business is. 
Absolutely. Is there ever, so obviously that's why it's positive. Is there ever a time where somebody will say, I need you to, or I want you guys to produce video for us or content, does it even outside of the scope of video, uh, but specifically with content marketing where it's, it doesn't make sense to put that investment in, or do you think it's valuable for every business? It usually doesn't make sense if you have no sense of what your brand is or your values. Mm -hmm. Like if there's no framework of values and something that really like ties it all together where there's like a soul to your business and what you're saying, people can see through it because then all you're focusing on is sales. So when people say, I want videos and I want it to be a commercial, I want it to mm -hmm. be an advertisement. Of course you can put ad funding behind it, right? You can do media buy. Um, yes, it'll look great on your site. Yes, it's a great sales piece and maybe it highlights your product and, and all of that. That is different than like ongoing video that you create because obviously I'm not talking down on our own services. We make these for our clients all the time. A sales piece is completely different than creating content on a regular basis in with a goal of being a thought leader because as a founder, you are trying to attract like your clients. You are trying to attract your staff. You are you are putting your values out there. And if, if you lack that and your sole purpose is sales, then I, I do think it comes off like a much, much emptier and, and much more, you know, people see through things. They give people more credit than, than that, right? Like yeah, they'll, they'll know it's a sale. It's soulless, yeah. right? There's no yeah. authenticity to the message. And yeah. I think that's kind of the, the integral part of, um, really building your brand is, is staying true to who you are and being authentic and not trying to, you know, sway somebody to, to buy or sell or do something that, you know, you yourself may not feel truly invested in. Right. And, and, and I'll like, I see this every single day with organizations and, you know, I've got, you know, you've got a huge following on Instagram. I've got my following on LinkedIn and every single day I get, people who are pitching me i've never met them in my life i've never seen a single piece of their content and they're trying to sell me on a product or a service i'm like who are you what like what what do you like is it just bottom line for you like do you want to get to know me why would i ever invest in you i have no idea who you are no one likes the hard sell no one likes it i mean it's like you're shoving something down my throat that i don't want and then you're persistent in doing so and now you've pissed me off no, I don't want to talk to you at all ever again, right? So so that there's no authenticity in that. There's no real genuine connection. And I think there's something beautiful about community and connection with other humans that you've built some trust with regardless of you if you've ever met them or you've just consumed their content and you feel genuinely invested in their content because they're putting out good material that resonates with you, not just the hard Bye, 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 bye. And it's like, thanks. That's not what they're coming to those platforms for, right? That that's you're used to seeing on TV. Well, now everyone to streaming, but like when when cable and satellite was more of a popular thing, uh, you're used to being sold stuff and seeing mm -hmm. ads yes. all the time. Mm -hmm. When you go on Instagram or TikTok, that's the last thing I want to see is somebody trying to like give a hard sell for something. It's like I'm coming here to turn off from that. So if you can present something that's more digestible, something personal, something valuable to me and something that shows off your values as a content creator, mm -hmm. um, that's going to be way more impactful. I think that's like a, what you're touching on there is huge because it's the difference between traditional advertising and what digital marketing is. And I think 
if people, some people have been in business for a long time and they think that you can just take your uh, applicable principles that you've used for newspaper, print, TV advertisements, and just move them to social. But those platforms, social, they're, they're made to be social. So no one has mm. that expectation that they're going to have, you know, when I'm watching like sports streaming now and you see old school commercials, I'm like, oh my God, they're so loud and aggressive. Like it's so literally different. louder as well, literally yeah. louder, so aggressive, really like in your face with the messaging. And I'm like, I'm, I'm so not accustomed to it in any other part of my life. So we've talked about some of the benefits and uh, challenges that come along with uh, producing video content. Uh, but I'm curious, uh, from your perspective as a business owner here at Envision, what are some of the benefits you've seen outside of the numbers uh, and outside of the financial aspects from creating video content? Benefit number one for me has been um, just my ability to uh, shy away from my own insecurities of being on camera. Um, you know, somebody who is in the digital marketing space and sells this for a living, like this service, uh, I think it was important for me to, you know, w walk the walk, uh, if you will. Um, so I think that in and of itself has been a great learning experience to not only understand how this world works and operates, because it's something I've been so fond of for years and years. Um, so having uh, a small sample size and, and learning from you on how this world works has been great and, and kind of getting over my own insecurities of being in front of the camera. Um, but then also being able to help others uh, appreciate how they can, you know, uh, break away from their own um, challenges of being in front of a camera and kind of coach them through the experiences I've had uh, has been amazing. I mean, I know that indirectly doing these videos has had a, an impact on our growth and our visibility and the awareness it's brought to our communities, uh, which is amazing. Um, but I really look at it like it was a, a, a tool for me to explore and um, immerse myself in that's helped me. And now it's helping other clients of ours. And it's a lot of fun, man. Like it's, it's, it's been amazing to just see all of these toys and explore these quadrillion microphones that we've bought and camera equipment and lighting that's sitting all above us here it's it's so neat i love this world and uh i think that's been the big biggest uh, gratification for me yeah i i absolutely love working on this stuff it's cool to hear that uh from from the person being in front of the camera as well that part of it's fun too yeah i feel uh, like it's rekindled a lot of your loose connections too though right like yeah, you've been absolutely. put on the radar of people that you've been in touch with for years and you're like oh my god we haven't talked for so long yeah. but they've kind of seen that i'm just talking about things and and they reach out yeah i think that was a it, that was like the byproduct of just doing this and that in and of itself has been amazing to be able to resurrect a relationship that's kind of like been on uh, dormant for so long and yeah the videos have been like that icebreaker that they've seen mm -hmm. me or seen a video that we've done. Uh, that wasn't the original intention. It was really um, something that I felt was really a key piece that we were missing in the agency that could really help support us uh, creating more immersive opportunities for our clients. But then it quickly became like this, oh, fuck moment where like, we've got Michael here, we've got all this equipment and it's like, 
I got to put this to use and I'm here and it's the pandemic and we're not doing a lot of videos because we're not getting hired because there's a lot of organizations that are closed or working remote. So we might as well make use of all this good stuff and let's roll with it and see where it goes. And here we are today, right? Two years in the making. But yeah, like rekindling a lot of these relationships has been one of my favorite things for sure. You, uh, you brought up the fact that it's helped you to like get over or overcome some of the shyness that you've, you've had in the past. Were there any tactics that you employed to help you get to that point? Or do you think it's just something that happened over time the more you did it? Good question. I don't think that I put a lot of thought into it other than just to throw myself into it. You just do it. You just got to, you got to give it a go. And I think the one thing that got lost on me a, a few years back was like, nothing's getting out until it's production perfect. And then it was like, okay, like I'm not getting anywhere with this. I, I need to, we need progress. And through the progress, if it's imperfect, no problem. What do I learn from it and how do we continue to refine and better? And not to say that there will ever be a perfect, and I hope there never is, because once something's perfect, then there's not, nowhere else to go with it. It's perfect. So I, I hope to continually learn and adapt. Um, that's it, man. Yeah. So like having that foundation of understanding your values and who you are as a business owner and as a person combined with being okay with it's not going to be perfect. It's been the Yeah, and I think that's got to be okay for everyone to explore and experiment and like you know, and I think we try to uh, in, insinuate that and kind of communicate that to our clients too like you know, marketing is a giant hypothesis and we do our best to do all the research and due diligence but there's no there's no black and white or 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 or, or, or guide guideline to say here do these things and you will your outcomes will be x it doesn't work that way and if you don't do exploration and yes we're not doing this bruising buzzwords based on just some false notion or some you know, pie in the sky ideas. Like we've thought about this and planned this out so that we could do it well. But I don't know if two people watch this or 200 or 2000 or 200,000. We don't know, but that's okay. It doesn't matter because we're putting our thoughts out there as leaders in our space and hopefully it resonates. And if it helps again, that one person, that's all that matters to me. I love that. Love that. Um, we talked about making mistakes and being okay with, uh, making mistakes uh, as a content creator. Um, but uh, still, I'm curious from your from your perspective, from more of a strategic point of view, are there any pitfalls that you really do want to avoid when you're when you're getting into content creation? And how do you mitigate those? Um, I, I think for the most part, like on on social channels and stuff, what's expected is sometimes you can be technical errors, you can get weird things with like, uh, mistakes in something that's stated wrong captions like just like little things like that and i i think people are fairly forgiving of those things because of how ephemeral social media is how quickly things move and how you know of of this one video that maybe took you so long to put together and present it's like one of 200 things that people have looked at that day so they're not really going to think that much about it i think the big mistakes that we never want to tread into or make or getting into anything and saying anything wrong that is going to get you in legal trouble, anything that's like, you know, uh, a political opinion that is not aligned with your business. So when you tread into those areas, I, I really stand by having core values 
that are stances that you are taking and that you are firm in that are, are never changing. Now, all of that said, if there is anything that gives you backlash, it doesn't automatically mean that you did the wrong thing and that you delete it. I don't think doubling down is the right way of going about things either. But um, if there is ever like correction that's given to you, like take consideration, talk to the people around you, see if like you did make a mistake. And if it's something that warrants like an apology or a fix or a change or deletion or something. But the fact that you're willing to try and, and make a change is all that the internet asks of people, right? Mm -hmm, totally. Uh, I think um, a lot of people get very scared of whatever you want to call it, like cancel culture or whatever. People get scared. Oh, mm -hmm. what if I, I say the wrong thing and everyone's going to be after me and I'm going to lose everything. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, I do believe that most audiences are forgiving if you if you are willing to admit that you like made a mistake and take corrective action uh, or do your best to educate yourself and do better yeah. next time yeah nobody's going to hold like unless you did something that's directly harming a lot of people you're not going to like be shunned off the internet forever yeah. right so being willing to make mistakes but being willing to take accountability for that um i i'm curious more on the the technical side, mm -hmm. um, we've talked about things not needing to be perfect and finding sort of a balance between effort and output. Uh, do you have any tips for businesses that are getting into content creation to help find that balance? Yeah, I th like the funniest thing is like, I know you're on TikTok, you're there for a bit and you're like, this is a lot. Um, but the things that perform best are the most like accidentally recorded things, the things that like somebody's just like literally sitting on a toilet and talking, you know, like it's just <laughs> like it's honestly the lowest effort things sometimes are so real and you feel the authenticity in somebody just like needing to say it so quickly that like that works. So that's all the way on the on the side of like zero absolute no effort here where we've got like I'm looking at like four cameras, microphones, lighting and everything here. Obviously, it's a lot of effort. The balance between those two is like if you're just starting and you want to find your voice, go the TikTok route, right? Go the stories route. Stories literally disappear in 24 hours. You can infinitely test. You can infinitely see what resonates in, in there and see like who is DMing you based on stuff and who is actually like watching it. Um, the algorithm will play itself out too. Some stories are going to get more views than other ones. And it's just because like like it's getting shown to more people in your audience. So if you are just getting started, you're just finding your voice, you're just figuring out like, is it even worth investing? Then just start putting yourself and your face and your thoughts out there and, and see which of the ideas are the ones that resonate with people. This level of production stuff, if you really have no idea where your values are and everything, like obviously as an agency, like we can help you develop your values, your brand guidelines, your, um, you know, your mission, vision, and your core values, your UVP. So you really understand what it is that you are constantly referring to and talking about. But is it worth investing yet if you don't have those things ironed out? I don't know. It's like those those things can go hand in hand, right? I feel like some of your personal values got ironed out in the fact that you were outputting things and seeing like our feedback, which was we're looking at the LinkedIn analytics and seeing which of your posts were resonating yep. most, right? And it's like, it's it's not that we're changing your values based on like what resonates. It's just like how is it that you're framing your values that is like really ringing true for people, and that you know the effort. How high does it have to be? It's up to you. There's like a full full scale production. You can literally just everyone has a super powered smartphone in their pocket. Like you can very easily start posting right away. 
but it goes back to like it goes back to like what are your values what do you stand for because you can produce all the content you want in the world but if it's just all over the place and doesn't align with what you're trying to articulate you really have to sit there for a moment and say to yourself like what am i trying to achieve here what do we stand for especially for organizations that you know may have started much like we did you know an entrepreneur with this desire to get this web thing going and then you know you sit there and you build these products and you're sitting there and trying to you know land the next gig and make more money and bring in the right people and then you say okay, okay this cycle can last forever but what are we truly doing here what is the whole purpose of what why we're doing this and having a moment to sit down and it's not even just a single moment it could be months of moments of thinking about this which is so integral will help you really appreciate everything else that comes after it all the material that you're going to produce after that aligns with this these core set of rules that you've applied to yourself and and that you stand by right um and i think that's something that a lot of organizations flaw like they don't th sit there and actually think about it like we had exercises and dialogue and uh you know encouraging conversations and discouraging ones i was like oh how, when is this going to end? When am I going to actually know this answer? Mm -hmm. And it's not easy, right? It's it's something that takes work, but anything good in life takes work. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm glad we we are where we are today because of those core set of values that we've helped define, and the subset of values too that kind of look up to those values as our guiding light, right? So, and that helps produce this stuff. All this is a byproduct of knowing who you are and what you stand for. And it's always evolving. Yeah. And, and then and then from a practical standpoint, once you have done the work to define those values and you put in the investment of time and energy to go that extra step and produce if it's higher quality content, like you like you mentioned, we have four cameras, a, a million mics here, then you can leverage that uh, and and create more out of it and create more value. Uh, for different audiences and you can make adjustments and reframe the way that videos come out and reformat things um, and like for example this bruise and buzzwords all of these videos we never just make the one video because the reality is most people aren't going to sit down and listen to uh, a 20 to 60 minute conversation about something unless they're really really into it but for sure there's going to be moments in this and there have been in past conversations where we go, oh, that's a great nugget of information. And then that little piece that was just one part of a bigger conversation becomes a really easily digestible segment that can be put on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, wherever. So once you have done the, the work and the due diligence to define those values and get to a point where you can have conversations and tell these sorts of stories, um, then you can totally leverage that and get more out of it than you would if you just jumped straight into it going, right off the bat into yeah. full quality production before you know who you are. Yes. Yeah. Um, I on that point, I think a lot of humans are always onto like the next shiny thing. And as business owners, you often think, okay, this is our big shiny thing. I'm really excited to release it. It has to be released by this time. It has to be out. Once it's out, it's in the world. It's done. 
right? And that's exactly like the point that you're making, Michael, that you can, you can pick out little pieces out of every piece of content and repurpose it, reframe it, format it differently for different channels and continue to use it because um, content marketing is not about like having to create this endless cycle of content. It's about actually leveraging what you have because if you've said stuff that really is like a total gem and completely aligned you should be using it infinitely you mm -hmm. should be repurposing it in as many ways as possible and i think that's hard for uh businesses that haven't done a lot of consistent content marketing mm -hmm. when they see a repeated message and they're like why are we reposting this again so soon it's like you know what only 10 percent of your audience sees this because the algorithms on social so of course we have to repost it to to get this out there and repeat ourselves Absolutely. And and in terms of the repetition as well, first of all, like obviously you mentioned it before, people are going to forget about it. Mm -hmm. I know this is now from the world of traditional traditional marketing, but it connects. Um, I think I'm forgetting the exact number, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, the average person needs to see a communication three times in public uh, before it's something that like registers with them. Yeah. Uh, too much more and it becomes it can become a little bit much. But on social media, the reality is, like you said, people are consuming, I don't know how many hundreds of individual pieces of content per day. Mm -hmm. So you, there is a real opportunity to re-communicate and recontextualize things, yeah. but that have the same underlying message. I think it's super powerful. Before we wrap up here, I'm just curious if either of you have any tips or any little tidbits that you'd like to share with people who are considering getting into this um, for, uh, for businesses or just for personal reasons. I mean, I think I've said it and <clears throat> uh, I don't think you have to jump in head first, but you have to jump in and experiment if you are truly interested in uh, a certain cause, whether it be, you know, something you believe in uh, to help your business. Um, I think you have to just do it. And I think you have to also uh not be afraid to take criticism and not be afraid to take advice. Uh, cause I think if people truly care and care about you and, and care about your, you know, what your mission is, they're going to support you. And, um, but you're going to have your critics out there and your critics have to be your best friends. I think your critics have to be the ones you listen to, to, to say, okay, what have I learned from this this feedback, um, and not take it personally? Um, I mean, again, I, I mean, I'm getting, you know, the sample sizes of feedback I get aren't the millions and millions of hits that viral videos get. But I don't care about those. What I care about is serving my community and those around me. And the advice I've received is keep it going. And that's what I want to do and just keep it going. But I would never have gone to that had I not jumped in. And I think that's what I would say is just go for it. But um, under uh, the undertone of all that and before you dive in, just know what you stand for, have a set of values defined and then experiment. Right. Don't be afraid to dive in, but maybe take some swimming lessons first. Yes, yes, with the... <laughs> floaties right right right, right. <laughs> yeah, just like eggs yeah i like that uh still any any last notes or tips yes um i am often the person to talk to business owners i'm like yes. i'm doing the discovery interviews i'm getting to know them and their businesses and 99 percent of business owners are like 
I don't know about my face being on my about page. I think it's really narcissistic. It's not about me. I don't I don't want to be the feature here. I don't want to be the center of attention. I, I don't want my face out there. Um, you should put it out there. I think the the thing is people connect to people. And at, when we're doing web development, when we're doing digital marketing, we are looking for faces that people can connect to. And if you don't have pictures of yourself, your your the people that work in your business, if you're not putting yourself face forward, your brand will have no human element to it. Mm. And we see so many websites that come to us prior to us redoing them, obviously. Yes. There are no faces to be seen. There's just no real identity or, or nothing human about it. And it's just so, 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 so important to kind of get over that sense of like, it's it's narcissistic for business owners to do that. I, I don't know why everyone thinks that. I, and it's so, so common. And so we're in the place often saying like, please just trust us. Like it is so strong to have a founder story, a, a mission, vision, values, and have you on your socials, have your face there, have you talking. And, and the more past, you know, just like headshots, you actually emoting and talking is so powerful. So I, I highly encourage it. If any business owners out there are thinking, you know, it, it is selfish or narcissistic to put your own photo out there, it's not. People want to work with you. And, and when they're looking for service providers, they're looking for humans. And, and it shows that you're willing to put your your face and your name to your product or service. It's yeah. not just some faceless brand that yes. if they mess up, yep. it's like, who do you In a digital world it's... with so much SaaS and a right. lot of AI and stuff like that, people are just kind of like, am I working with the real person? So that's all. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time to have this chat. I think it's been a great discussion and I hope that uh, the audience has been able to get something out of it. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to either of you, where can you be reached? Right here on this blue couch <laughs> <laughs> or contact this company right there envision.co awesome still same envision.co great find us on the site awesome thank you so much if you're interested in learning more uh, feel free to check out some of the other content on our channel or go to our website and i hope everybody has a great day take care see ya Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.